Well, aloha from Maui, Hawaii, and welcome to the Ageless Wisdom Mystery School. This is Michael Benner, your host today, and every Sunday afternoon at 1 o'clock Pacific Time, 4 o'clock in the East, it's currently 20 hours Universal Time, and uh, it's likely you're listening by replay on demand to the podcast or streaming audio. But if you're here live, we especially appreciate that and remind you that you do have the opportunity to leave real-time text messages for us, and uh, we'll respond to those when appropriate. Lots of folks just say hi and hello from whatever city they happen to be in. Others leave questions from time to time, and hopefully as the live audience grows, we can even do discussions. So You'll notice that if you're on the web live with us, there is a text box in the lower left-hand corner of the web page that you can use. Be sure and uh, after you enter your comment or question that you include uh, your name, at least your first name, and the city that you're in today, and then click the Submit button. I can't see it if you don't click on Submit, and we'll check that before our uh, 30-minute event is over here today. If you're on the phone, you can always raise your hand by pressing star 2. Most people are too bashful to do that, but we do, we, we do have that option for our telephone callers and Skype callers. And again, remember, there is a link on the website for a list of local numbers all over the U.S., Canada, the U.K., and Australia, too. So you can make a local call, and you never have to worry about toll charges. Just enter the conference ID, and you'll be live and ready to go. And if you ever have both players going, the web player and the telephone, a lot, <laughs> a number of people have done that. Sometimes the delay catches people off guard. The web feed is actually delayed by about 15 seconds from the real-time telephone. Also, as far as replay on demand goes, that's available immediately after the class, but um, oh, anywhere from 4 to 15 hours after these events. The telephone quality recording is replaced by a CD quality recording. That's true both for this free forum and the premium training that follows in about 25 minutes. If you're not yet registered for the premium training, head on over to theagelesswisdom.com. Click on webinars and you can sign up in a flash. The thank you page will have the URL and the passwords that you need to gain access, again, either live or by replay on demand. Today we continue with our FLY series. F-L-Y stands for Feeling Like Yourself. This is a six-part series, and this week we're on lesson number five of six, which is decision-making and really goes hand-in-hand with the class we did last week on problem solving. You know, last week we divided all problems into two simple categories and instructed you, and I hope you've been able to reflect upon this a little bit during your week. Every time you face a problem, 
the tendency of most people is to ask themselves, now what do I do? I wonder what I should do. Hey, what do you think I should do? Well, what do you want me to do about it? And it's the wrong question. If you don't know the result, the goal, solution, or desired outcome, how could you possibly know what direction to begin to move in? How do you know what to do if you don't know the result or where you want to end up, right? We talked last week about somebody pulling over to the side of the road and calling you over and saying, hey, can you help me with some directions? And you say, well, probably. Looks like you got a bunch of maps there with you. And the person in the car says, yeah, I got a lot of maps, but I don't know which way to go. I thought maybe you could tell me how to get there. Where do I go? What direction do I head in? Of course, you'd look at them in a rather strange way and say, where do you want to end up? And they'd say, oh, it doesn't matter. I, I don't know where I'm going. I just thought you could tell me how to get there. Obviously, they need to know where they're headed if you're going to help them with directions. Where do you want to end up? And this is the primary dilemma. When facing a problem, instead of asking yourself, what will I do? What do you think I should do? Well, what do you want me to do about it? The question is, do I know what I want? And if the answer is, yeah, I know exactly what I want, my problem is getting there or getting it done or making it happen or manifesting it or whatever. I don't know the right people. I don't know the legal process. I, I don't know who to talk to or I don't have enough money. Or I know what I want. I'm just not sure how to get there. And then last week I gave you two techniques for accelerating your growth toward a known destination. We talked about the Stephen Covey line, begin with the end in mind. I know in school we were told that once you knew the answer, the problem was solved. But in the real world, that's not the case. We have many problems where we know the answer. But the problem is how do I get there? Remember in school, there were 35, 40 kids in the classroom. How you got to that one right answer usually didn't matter at all. They just wanted the answer. So we were ill-prepared then for a real-world uh, daily life in which many of our problems include knowing exactly what we want. The problem is getting it. Now, those two techniques, you can listen to the replay of that program. It's available to you. And uh, I hope you reflect upon the whole idea of being a positive, goal-oriented thinker and how you tend to with optimism and enthusiasm and a can-do attitude, really create your own luck. All kinds of wonderful things begin to happen when you know what you want and believe in it strongly, especially when your goals and solutions and outcomes are intended to be the greatest good for the greatest number. That's when the whole universe tends to conspire 
to support you. If you only care about yourself without regard to other people, well, then you're pretty much on your own. And these techniques about being a positive thinker and visualizing yourself already having it, remember we talked about the mirror of the mind, or the list where you write down what you want and read the list every day, two or three times a day. Well, today in decision-making, lesson five, we're going to talk about the only other kind of problem, which is what if I do not know what I want? We need to choose to make a decision. In the newsletter, I put that famous existentialist Albert Camus quotation, life is the sum of all of our choices. We have choices. And when you don't know what your choices are, that's your problem. So when you ask the question, not what do I do, but do I know what I want? The answer determines which of the two kinds of problems you have. Either I do know what I want and I'm not sure how to make it happen, or I have no idea what I want and I need to make a choice. I need to choose a goal or a result. Knowing that I can change my mind as I get closer. Remember we talked last week about ready, aim, fire, aim, 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 aim. You are a psycho-cybernetic device. A feedback loop allows you to change your mind, to modify your behavior as you approach the goal or the solution. We are not bullets or arrows once fired that cannot be recalled. We have that ability. So lots of times you'll hear personal development people using that phrase, ready, aim, fire, aim, 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 aim. And it helps overcome the anxiety of taking that first step, committing yourself, really. That's what we're talking about to moving in a particular direction. If you know, well, as I approach that outcome or that goal on the horizon, I get to change my mind a little bit. So today we're going to talk a little about decision-making, and I'm going to give you three different techniques to help you make a choice about what you do want as a goal as a solution, a desired outcome or result. And of course, like all of the techniques in the FLY program and other programs that we do here 50 weeks a year, uh, it's going to involve using higher brain functions that we access through deep relaxation. That's really what it's about, right? Everything that we do points to using a meditative or contemplative state to access higher brain functions by feeling safe and relaxed. When you feel anxious or nervous, worried or stressed out, the higher brain functions are lost in favor of survival. And the frequency of brain waves changes, the brain chemistry and blood flow changes, 
and the body prepares you to deal with some external danger. Even if the stress and anxiety is not really about a danger, but actually more likely it's just a matter of internal confusion. And it's really the wrong response most of the time, fight or flight. What you really need to do is consciously substitute a relaxation response for the fight or flight response. That puts the survival in abeyance, all of that automatic, autonomic, amygdala-based stuff in your brain puts that in abeyance because you say to yourself, wait a minute, I'm really safe here. I'm just confused. I'm, I'm stressed out. I don't know what to do because I don't know what I want. And by substituting consciously, deliberately, purposefully a relaxation response, you get those higher brain functions back. You get access to well, basically, concentration, particularly internal concentration, the ability to use your imagination, to visualize, to understand large concepts as well as details, those big overarching principles, uh, creative thinking, critical thinking, emotional sensitivity, and so on. All of these functions come back online and you can access them. So that's why basically whatever the problem, whatever the situation we're facing, a broken heart that needs healing or a mental problem that needs solving, the best place to go is to the higher brain function. It's called the neocortex. You know, there are really three parts to the brain all you need really to survive is the reptilian brain. And that's pretty small. That's just basically the so-called brain stem. Then we have evolved on top of the reptilian brain a so-called limbic brain. This is largely the emotional center. This is the center of instinct, of the herd mentality, of the animal sensing danger, uh, knowing to fly south for the winter, um, knowing to prepare for hibernation, or whatever. Uh, these are very low survival-based brain functions in the limbic system, and that sits on top of the reptilian brain. That's also found in you can imagine the reptilian brain is found in reptiles and lizards. The limbic brain began to emerge in mammals. And then we have a third aspect, the neocortex. And the neocortex, including these huge prefrontal lobes that human beings have, we share this with uh, primates and other mammals of higher order and central nervous system. So the limbic brain sits on the reptilian brain and then the higher brain functions of cognitive thought, logic, reasoning, uh, creative thinking, intuition over and above instinct. These are functions of the neocortex that sits on top of 
the limbic brain that sits on top of the reptilian brain. And sometimes you can feel yourself going to these different brains. The more frightened you are and stressed out and the more danger you experience in your life, the lower you go in these brains. You drop from the neocortex in the presence of danger, fear, confusion, into the limbic brain, get very emotionally worked up, usually fear-based, a lot of fight or flight, right? Scream, shout, run, faint, freeze, deer in the headlights, that stuff. Or in the worst survival situations, you can drop right into the reptilian brain. And um, I could make some jokes about this, but all, <laughs> all of us have experienced the debilitating effect of fear and emotional anxiety on brain power. And that's really what's going on. But again, by consciously substituting a relaxation response for the automatic or autonomic fight-or-flight response, we can rise up from the reptilian brain to the limbic to the neocortex and think creatively. We can consider our options. We can choose. We can say things that, again, a frightened person or a lower life form would not consider. Namely, I have choices. Think about what a powerful statement that is. I have choices. Number two, there are always more choices than are immediately apparent to me. Wow. Imagine if you could remember that when you're in a crisis, in an emergency, even if it's not real danger, but the more common emotional anxiety and high stress to remember wait a minute, I've got some choices here. Number two, I remember thinking in calmer times that I always have more choices than are immediately apparent. So I could take a breath and relax and ah, slow down a bit here and see a second choice and maybe a third. And what if there's a fourth option? and a fifth possibility, and a sixth way of looking at things, all right? Uh, you have lots of choices. There was a funny line we saw in Star Wars last night. My wife, Doreen, and I were watching an old Star Wars movie, and as a young man, Darth Vader is Anakin Skywalker, and he says to Obi-Wan, or maybe it was the other way around, oh, it was Obi-Wan to Anakin as he's breaking bad and going toward the dark side. He said, only the Sith deal in absolutes. And yeah, it's basically a stupid thing to do, to promote that everything is absolutely this way or absolutely that way. It is a sign of simple-mindedness, of using that limbic or even the reptilian brain when you believe in all or nothing to the exclusion of the so-called middle way. 
In Eastern philosophy, this is the mystic's path. It's even argued that this is what Christ meant when he said, I am the way. He's talking about the middle between the extremes, between the black and the white, the everything and the nothing, the all of this or none of that. Leave the absolutes to heaven. In philosophy, the only absolute is the one life itself. In the world, everything is a matter of relativity. Things are relatively true. That is a matter of degree. It might be 90% true or 60% true or only 30% of the time is this true. Or it depends on your point of view. When does fast become slow? Where does small become big? Is there really such a thing as jumbo shrimp? (laughs) Life is a relative thing. But you need to understand that you have choices. You need to see the third way, which opens you up to the rainbows between black and white. And now you have a fourth option and a fifth and a sixth. And that kind of creativity and conceptual understanding requires you to be safe and relaxed in the presence of a problem and say, I have choices. Number two, there are always more choices than are immediately available. Number three, my choices lie in the area of attitude and response. It's very likely that I cannot control the stimulus. I may try, that may be my initial instinct, my animal reaction, my limbic brain says to do that, but I can't really control in many, many cases what's being done to me. The stimulus, the part that's happening to me, pretty much out of my hands. But I do have choices in my attitude, how I look at it, how I perceive it, and in how I respond to it. So, number one, I have choices. Number two, I always have more choices than are immediately apparent. Number three, my choices are in my point of view, in my response, my attitude, and what I choose to do with what's being done to me. All right? That's very important. That's what responsibility is about, the ability to choose a response. And then the fourth element is to consider that the response you're looking for, the choice you're looking for in attitude and response, really should be for the greater good of the greatest number, the best outcome for all concerned. Because when you behave in a selfish way, when you consider only what benefits you, without regard to the impact on other people. In the short term, it may look smart. But in the long run, you are those relationships. You are not your stuff. You are the relationships. Your stuff is all in decay. It's all headed for the junk heap. The relationships are what matter and what lasts. Today in the premium training, We're going to talk about three different techniques for making these choices. Two of them have to do with sleep and dreams, how to remember dreams, how to use dreams 
to actually incubate dreams, to contain information to help you solve problems. We're also going to teach a spirit guide technique, which offers some remarkable insight into the nature of spiritual guidance, what some people call their guardian angels, and what many other people call their own higher self or soul aspect, the wisdom that is available within us, and how do we access that still, small voice that speaks when you get quiet and calm and still with such credibility, such authority, such profound wisdom. Some people are so impressed by it, they think they're talking to the Lord himself, to God Almighty, or to Jesus, or Allah, or whomever. Others think it's their ancestors that are helping, or their guardian angels. I'm not really one who believes that it matters much, these details. What matters is the quality of the information that comes through. So join us for the premium training live if possible, although that's available through Replay On Demand as well. And if you're enrolled, we'll see you there in just a couple of minutes. Bring the password to the URL for this week. And if you're not yet enrolled, jump over to theagelesswisdom.com. Click on webinars, then premium training. You can do it in about 60 seconds for one week, for a 13-week quarter, or a full year. And we'll see you over there in just a few minutes. Decision-making. And next week we'll do number six of six, which is peak performance. Hope you'll join us for that. Thanks a lot for being with us today. I'm going to have to skip the visualization exercise, but you may want to just close your eyes and relax and reflect for a few moments on what we talked about here today. And again, a few hours from now, the telephone quality recording will be replaced by a CD quality recording. So if you're interested in downloading this, you can do that. And the CD quality is also a podcast now. So thanks a lot for being here. Hope you have a wonderful day today. It's real time, July 8th of 2012. As always, be gentle, love life, and take care of each other. This is Michael Benner. Aloha from Maui, Hawaii.